Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, Whit. Hey, you know the safety's right here. Hey, oh. Hey! Woo! And amateurs. <laughs> that was a clip of Whitney after he shot his skeet and he said, fucking amateurs. <laughs> Whitney is losing it in front of our eyes. He looked like the camcorder guy from American Beauty in this week's Southern Charm. Anyway, we're going to get to that. Before we do, hello everyone, I'm Danny Pellegrino, welcome to Everything Iconic. It feels like it's been a while. Now, we did have one new episode last week, I did record one new one, but I had been doing like three episodes a week for a couple weeks there, so it felt like a nice long break to just do one episode, so it feels like I haven't talked to you guys in forever. It feels like we have so much to catch up on. So I do want to get into Southern Charm, we're going to talk about that, but before we do, we have a lot of other stuff in the Bravo universe that we have to talk about. There's been so much going on. I don't know. I hope you had a wonderful holiday week, holiday weekend. It felt like a a nice, wonderful long break. I watched all of Stranger Things Season 3. I loved it. It was so nice to just relax. But there's also been a lot going on in the Bravo universe that we have to talk about. First of all, I want to mention The Real Housewives of Potomac. If you're not watching it, you need to get on board because it's so, so good right now. The past two episodes have been A-plus five-star TV. So much good stuff is happening. One of the best dinner parties on all of Bravo we saw this past week. Candace put a knife in Ashley's face at one point. You do not talk about my mother! It was like very aggressive and fun. It was great TV. There's allegations of one of the cast members' husbands wanting to suck another one's dick. There's a lot going on. There was a gay pride performance at Virginia's Gay Pride. There was a performance where Ashley did her single uh, Coffee and, what is it, Coffee and Love or something like that. Terrible song, but it was really fun to watch her perform it at Gay Pride with her brother. Now, the song was originally written as a love song to her husband, but she decided to perform it with her brother at Gay Pride. And this was on the same episode that her husband was dealing with allegations that he wanted to suck some other man's dick. So there's a lot happening, a lot of layers. And I just encourage you all to hop on board. If you've never watched before, I recommend jumping in at season two. Of course, if you have the time, go in season one, learn the characters, learn their backstories, their histories. But if you just want to hop on in, go to season two. And or just watch the current season if that's all you can do. But it's so so good, and I feel like it's being overlooked. So please watch that. It's fantastic. What else we got to talk about? Beverly Hills for a minute. The finale was this week. Camille's performance was mind blowing. I was shocked, shocked, gel dropped. I was surprised. I didn't know what she was doing exactly. It was just like a lot of different levels. I mean, it was an Emmy performance. Give her an Emmy. I don't know what was happening. She just came into that agency party, guns ablazing, and it felt very much like she was just doing what she thought she should do, and that's fine with me. I've been thinking this season of The Real House of Beverly Hills has been snoozy, but Camille, the past couple of weeks, she's really stepped up the game and given us something that makes no sense, not a lick of sense. Even in the finale, they were like, you know, we left, they had left a dinner where they had confronted Camille, and Camille left that dinner 
like apologizing to them and saying, you know, I was wrong. You know, she, it seemed all, she was hugging the girls. It seemed like everything was resolved. They even showed the flashback footage in the finale. And then all of a sudden, Camille shows up to the agency party and she's like, I've gotten my balls. Shut it, Teddy. It's <laughs> like, what's going on? And it felt to me like she just knew that like on social media, everyone hates Teddy. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to just go after Teddy for no reason, which again, made not a lick of sense. She just kept saying, shut it down. And it was like, that's not the right phrasing. She should have said something like, shut your mouth, Teddy, or something. I don't know. It's not shut it down. Because Teddy was just like saying, you know, hey, Camille. And she shut it down. (laughs) Shut it down. Like, it doesn't even make any fucking sense. But I loved every second of it. It was thrilling. I was reading into the finale. Of course, it was LVP's last episode on air. But she hasn't appeared in the past, like, I don't know, five episodes or something. Because she stopped filming. And she only showed up, they did like a weird scene in Vegas where Camille went to the opening of her Vegas place, which I went to and it was lovely. It's a great little bar and restaurant in the middle of Caesars. But they showed this one little scene that was so awkward. And then at the end when they were showing like the title cards, it was so sad. It was like LVP still hasn't made up with her friends. And I was reading into it as like everyone on Bravo hates her. (laughs) I know we all pay attention to like the women on the show obviously hate LVP. And they keep talking about it. And I love LVP. I think she's a great reality star. And I feel like she deserved to have a better send-off. But obviously no one likes her there. Because like the way that they edited it was just like her alone with those dogs. And then they said, oh, she's never made up with any friends. And then we saw this scene that said six months later, it was at Kyle's house. They were doing a brunch where they were all just basically talking shit about LVP. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I don't think I've ever seen... A lot of times we've had housewife send-offs. You know, remember when Dina left on the Real Housewives of New Jersey? Or I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe Gina. I feel like a lot of times when a housewife leaves, especially one that's been around for so long, they get like a nice send-off if we know it's coming. But the Beverly Hills housewives have known that LVP's exit has been coming, but it was still like truly like not edited in her favor. And then they were cutting to that footage of her like being walked in on Vegas. And it just, it was embarrassing. And I, I think that she maybe deserved a little bit better. But obviously, things happen behind the scenes that we're not privy to. That's what I was reading into. I was thinking, okay, so maybe she did really like piss them off. Because this is just, like, I've never seen anything like it. Especially for LVP, who's been on the show for 10 years. You would have thought they would have done some sort of montage. I was expecting some sort of montage where it showed her greatest moments, you know, her and Kyle getting along. But instead, it was just like the worst. Ugh. And then that story where Lisa Renna said she ran into LVP and her nails were wet and she had to offer her money. <laughs> the editor is keeping that in, you guys. But look, that I, I want to thank the editors, producers, camera people, because they're doing tireless work on all of these shows. And so I trust them. Whatever they are giving us, I want to thank them on all of these shows because they're doing a lot of work. And so whatever you, whatever they're giving us and whatever they're showing us, I'm thankful. I'm on their team. But anyway, it was sad. It was a sad send-off. But a good finale. The last two episodes have been good. But other than that, I thought the season of Beverly Hills has been snoozy. I'm not very much looking forward to the reunion. I, I do like how Denise seems to be stepping it up a little bit. Because I do really like Denise. But I need her to show me some more levels. And in the finale, when she was yelling at Camille, and in the reunion preview, she looks like she's stepping it up a little bit. And it looks like don't fuck with Denise. And I like that. I want more of that. Like, don't fuck with Denise. That's what we need. 
That's what we need from Denise and her big dick husband. That's what we need on that show. So I am hopeful for next season. I do think that LVP, despite I definitely wanted her around, and I'm going to miss her, but I think the season got really screwed up when she left halfway because it just made this weird narrative. And I must have been, it must have been very difficult for the producers, editors, all those people to write a, or to do a cohesive storyline throughout the show with one of the cast members leaving halfway. It must have been very difficult to do. So I applaud them for even making it through. But now let's put the season behind us. I'm ready for a new one. Bring back some messy people. Bring back messy Camille. Bring back messy Brandy. Some new messy people. I love seeing Kim in the finale. Would like more Kim. I think I would like Kim to just be a friend, but more so than she was this season. But I would like more of Kim. Anyway, that was uh, Beverly Hills. Now, on the Vanderpump Rules, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Tom Sandoval had a birthday party that I went to, and the entire cast was there. I don't know how much I can really talk about it, because they made me sign something, but I will say that the whole cast was there, and James and Raquel were there. I know there were rumors online that they were not on the show anymore, but they were there. They were filming it, and it was like an extra theme, so it was just kind of basically like, wear whatever costume you want. And yeah, everyone was there, the whole entire cast. So they were filming. It was hard to tell. I wish I, I can't even really spoil any secrets because it's like, it was hard to tell. It's at a bar and it was loud, but then everyone was like filming. They were filming scenes, but you couldn't really even get a grasp onto what they were filming because you like couldn't hear what they were talking about. So there were a lot of different filming scenes happening, but I didn't honestly get like a grasp of anything. I did get to meet Schwartz for the first time, which was fun. And he was really sweet, like super overly. Nice, like overly nice in the best way. But uh, he was he was great. So and everyone else I talked to there was so super sweet, and their costumes were all great and crazy. And I hope that I wore my Pottery Barn ladies robe. I hope it makes it on air next season. We'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. When I was walking in, a homeless lady, <laughs> she said, "I wish I was you right now." And I felt like a king, a woman on the street. She told me that, and I walked in with my head held high, and I thought, you know, I made it. I made it. So that was, <laughs> that was that. And real quickly on The Real Houses of Atlanta, I want to say that Kenya, it was announced she's returning, which I think a lot of us have known, but she's officially returning. They announced it in People Magazine. And I, for one, am very excited. I think Atlanta's been missing Kenya or just someone messy. I didn't care for her last season of Atlanta. So I'm excited for Kenya to return. And some of the things I've heard, <clears throat> excuse me, because I wore that, that robe last night. And not only am I a little hungover today, but also, the robe, it's faux fur, but I'm very allergic. I have a very sensitive allergy to it. And all day today, my allergies have been terrible. So I apologize if I sound congested. But it was that damn woman's robe that I bought from Pottery Barn. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, Real Houses of Atlanta. I have been hearing some good things. I've been hearing some really good things. There's some cheating allegations going on that I've heard. And... I think there's still a lot of Nini stuff. I think there's some Nini and Greg stuff. I think there's some Nini and Cynthia stuff. I think it's going to be good. I also heard they were filming at Gay Pride when they were on that float for Bravo. I heard Atlanta was filming, which I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but I just did. Anyway, that's our catch-up. So much going on in the Bravo universe. So much happening. Now we have to talk about Southern Charm. I was loving this week of Southern Charm. I mean, Ashley's returned. She's a villain for the ages. She's a D- Disney villainess and crazy as all. Get. I hate to call anyone crazy except for myself, but she is crazy as fuck. And I, 
I, for one, love watching it on television. And I love watching Whitney's downward spiral again. It's happening every week. Fucking amateurs. And there was just a lot going on. We got to know more about Eliza. And last week on Southern Charm, this was all of that Naomi Matul. They ha- they're having this cast trip to Colorado, and Naomi's like, I don't know if I want to go because Craig's not over me. And then it was revealed last week at Cam's birthday party that maybe Craig's not over her. So that's what we learn. We open with one of those montages. This week's Southern Charm opens with a montage of everyone with their dog. We see Naomi searching for the dog toys. We see Shep and little Craig. We see Chelsea and her dog. And her dog is throwing her shade about her hat work. I don't know if you caught this, but Chelsea tried on a hat for the dog. Every scene, Chelsea's got a hat on. Now, there hasn't been one scene this season without a hat on Chelsea's head. (laughs) I don't know if she's dealing with something on her hair. I'm not sure. Isn't she a hairstylist? It's weird, right? Is that kind of weird for a hairstylist to always be wearing a hat? I'm not one to judge. I love a hat. But it seems to me that a hairstylist might not want to wear so many hats. And they're not metaphorical hats. They're actual hats on her head. She looks like the man in the yellow hat from Curious George. And we saw a scene in that montage of the dog just looking at her with side eyes and saying, take off that fucking hat, Jules. <laughs> no need to wear it. We also see Craig and Bethany the dog playing. Wow, Craig the dog. Wow, Craig's dog, Bethany. Wow. It was so nice to see Bethany. I feel like all of the dogs on Southern Charm have been showcased lately, except for Bethany. We've been seeing a lot of Shep's new dog, Craig, but not a lot of Craig's dog, Bethany. And wow, I need to see more of it. I need to see more of all these dogs. We also saw... Cam eating Chick-fil-A. Two problems with this. First of all, Chick-fil-A is very anti-LGBT, and I don't want to get into this. I just encourage you all to Google it. But I'm not going to tell you all how to eat your nuggets. I'm just saying, look into it. Number two, I've said this before on the show, we're always getting these scenes of Cameron eating, and she's skinny as a needle, in the words of a legendary Miss Britney Spears. And I just don't know about this whole junk food thing. Like, I don't think anyone's metabolism is that fast. And do I think skinny people can eat like that? Yes, it's possible, but it just seems to me like a weird thing to present on camera all the time because it almost has become a trait that she's presenting on camera. Not almost, it actually has become a trait because later in the episode, we also see her eating nachos and she's doing like wacky faces as she eats nachos. Like she's enjoying it so much and she won't let anyone else have a chip. And I look, I do that too. I do that too. So it's like I struggle back and forth, but. I ultimately think she's made this like a character trait of hers on the show that she like eats like junk food and eats like a 12-year-old boy or something. And gosh, when I was a 12-year-old boy, woo, I used to eat. I told you the story. My grandma used to take me to McDonald's every day after school. I used to get a number three with cheese and ketchup only. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's a quarter pounder meal. And I believe that was child abuse. I don't think it's right to give a child a quarter pounder once a day. But it was what was happening as my after-school snack. So anyway, it seems to me that that's the kind of eating routines that Cameron's does to this day, and she's 35. And it becoming a trade on the show, I just don't know that it's the right message to show, but, you know, I love Cameron, and it just is a little confusing to me. A little confusing. Also, there's like more Chick-fil-A later in the episode at Eliza's office. Somebody had a Chick-fil-A mug, or a cup, or whatever you fucking call that, styrofoam. And a lot of Chick-fil-A happening on Southern Charm. And it makes me a little uncomfortable. Again, just Google it. Not telling you how to eat your nuggets. I don't, I, you know, I don't want this show to be political at all, or I want everyone to enjoy the show, but maybe just research Chick-fil-A. And then think twice about your nuggets. So that's the thought on that. Anyway, then we cut to Eliza, who's working. 
Eliza's working, and we meet her mom, Susan. Now, Susan reminded me a lot of Dale from Dale from The Real Houses in New York, Tinsley's mother. She's very much the Dale of Southern Charm, and I want her to have a show. I think she's a survivor. She got out of that relationship with that dirtball of a, of a dad that Eliza has. And Susan has some stories to tell, and I would like to hear those stories. Everyone has a story. What's Susan's story? Everyone has a story. Because I'm very caffeinated today. <laughs> I didn't know if I could do this podcast because I've been hungover, but I fully caffeinated. And I became, I got ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> Which reminds me, let's take a little, let's take a little breather here. Not a full detour, but let, let me just say that every time I get in my car, I connect my phone to the radio. And the first song alphabetically in my car is a song by Lady Gaga called Ayo. It's from that time when she tried to do Country Yeehaw album. Remember that? <laughs> she did the song, she did the whole album in honor of her dead aunt Joanne. And there's a song on there called Ayo. And that's always the first song that plays. Every time I get in the car and the phone connects, it just goes, it's Lady Gaga saying, Here we go. And she sounds like Mario in Mario. <laughs> you know, Super Mario. When you remember that and Nintendo 64 game, um, Super Mario, Super Mario 64. Remember, you would turn it out and he's like, here we go. It was like, that's exactly what Lady Gaga does in the beginning of that AO song. So every time I get in my car, I hear that Lady Gaga just being like, here we go. And I keep meaning to take that song off my phone. And I think I tried one time and like it didn't work. So it's still there. Anyway, that always pops in my head at random. I can't get it out of my head. It's just Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga as Mario in Mario cosplay singing, here we go. And I look, I don't know if anyone else has that problem. If anyone else has downloaded the Joanne album, I might be one of the only few because I know that album didn't sell very well. But if anyone else downloaded it, you know that that song plays every time because it's the first alphabetically. In my whole iPod lineup or my whole iTunes lineup, that's the one song that plays. And it used to be, after all, by Cher and Peter Cetera, one of my all-time favorites. And then Lady Gaga's Aunt Joanne had to come and ruin it. The ghost of her aunt had to ruin my every morning I get in my vehicle. So I don't know. I don't think that's what Joanne died for, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, we have to get back to Southern Charm. And we're meeting more of Eliza's family, more of the family. I am tired of hearing about the Limehouse name. Eliza's constantly saying, oh, the Limehouse name. Everyone knows the Limehouse name. She says, people hate me right off the rip, she said. And I thought to myself, you know what? In the words of DeAndro's mom, D. I don't really give a rip. I don't give a dog's rip about this whole thing about the Limehouse name. They keep telling us, and I get it. We all get it. The Limehouse name is popular in South Carolina. We get it. Enough, Taylor Armstrong, enough. I don't, give a, I don't give a dog's rip. I don't really give a rip. I miss D. I miss D. I don't miss Andrew, but I miss D. Very excited for the Real Houses of Dallas to return to us. Anyway, some of you might not listen to The Real Houses of Dallas, and you have no idea what I'm talking about, but there's a mother on there who doesn't give a rip. She does not give a rip, and I don't give a rip about the Limehouse name. Anyway, this whole time, Eliza's wearing a very Lisa Renna animal print. It's an older print. I don't normally associate those leopard prints with a young woman, because Eliza's very young, and it was aging her up. I do love an animal print on an older woman. I do love an animal print on a woman over 50, but seeing someone who's 24, it was like, whoa, like my eyes couldn't adjust. It was like I was at the eye doctor. I was like, they're like, read the line. And I'm like, I can't read it because I was looking at the animal print. Couldn't see it. 
Anyway, I thought it was nice to know a little bit more about Eliza's family. Again, I don't need to know about the name, but I like seeing them at the work and seeing what's going on. Apparently, Eliza's having a skeet shoot slash southern brunch at her house, and she's inviting Ashley. Now, here's the thing that we learn in the scene. Eliza's dating this guy named Don, who's 14 years older. And Susan, the mom, is not approving of this. Apparently, this Don is like a Jersey boy. and (laughs) That's what Eliza said. He's a Jersey boy. And I, of course, go right to Jersey Boys, the Broadway musical, which I saw multiple times. And so then immediately when I heard that, I started singing Sherry Baby in my head. And I know that's not having to do anything with this recap, but I just want to say that Jersey Boys, the musical, A+. A+. Anyway, apparently Don's 14 years older, and Susan does not approve. But Eliza's like, look, I love him. She kept calling him a Yankee or something. And I learned something from my arch nemesis, Patty Stanger. When she did a one-hour special for Netflix, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but she did a special on Netflix that was basically like a stand-up concert special. She was on stage in a theater. I've talked about this before. One of the things I learned from that special is that you do not date someone who's over a decade older than you. Patty Stanger, again, I would just like to repeat that Patty Stanger, I believe, is still single, so I'm not sure we should be taking rules from her. But she does say in her special you should not date someone older than 10 years. So this was a red flag to me with Don. Because I've always remembered that with Patty Stenger. She says, do not do it. It's too much of a difference. You grew up different generations, and it's not okay. That's what she says. Now, you know Patty's my arch nemesis, but I do watch everything she does. And (laughs) I do follow her work. Despite disliking her so, so much, I've seen almost every episode of that Millionaire Matchmaker show. And again, I watched her concert special, which was on Netflix. Do not care for her, but I will watch anything she does. And that's something that I have to take to my therapist. But the point is, there's red flags. And I'm curious what's going to happen with this Don. And are we going to learn more from him? And is he in the cast of Jersey Boys? Did he ever sing Sherry Baby on stage? We need more answers. Tell us more about this Don. Then we cut to Cam and Naomi. They're at a milk bar. They're doing their nails. And it's right after Cam's party. Cam's drinking another drink. Naomi comes with her green juice or whatever. And they talk about Craig and Matul. Now, Cam says that Naomi, uh, Cam says that Craig said at her party that Matul is bad. We saw the flashback of Craig at the party saying Matul can't come to a wedding with her, can't go on vacation, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now, Naomi seems like totally over Craig, but they do understand that Craig, his first love was Naomi. Naomi's over it. But Naomi was Craig's first love, so he's not over it yet. And I do think there's a huge difference that we're seeing between how Craig has gotten over this whole situation and how Naomi has. I think there's also problems with the Matul thing and little problems, which we'll get into later. But as we're sitting there with Craig, or as we're sitting there with Naomi and Cam, we cut to Craig and Shep with Craig the dog. And Craig the dog is wearing a gorgeous holiday sweater. Gorgeous, gorgeous holiday sweater. I don't know where Shep got it, but it's beautiful. Stunning, jaw-dropping, beautiful, show me all of it. Do a fashion show. I would like uh, Craig the dog to do a fashion show, a little doggy fashion show. Work that runway. Work, work, work. Because that dog is adorable. I would like to see that dog walk in the runway. Let's see it. Give it to me, New York Fashion Week. (laughs) I'm in a mood today. I'm in a ridiculous mood. Anyway, Craig says that they never had any closure with him and Naomi. They just have such a different relationship different relationship. Then we cut to Catherine, Chelsea, and Austin at a bar class. And 
they're showing us this bar class and they're doing that fun music and they're doing like a slowdown of Austin, like being like, oh, oh, it's so hard, you know? And I know I'm very immature and I apologize for this, what I'm about to say. Please don't judge me. I understand I'm being immature, but I kept hoping that they would insert a fart noise into this little montage of them doing the bar class. I just kept thinking, wow, it would really like elevate the scene so, so much. Because as it was, it was kind of cute, right? Like it was, it was cute. We saw a little music, a slowed down version of Austin kind of doing a plie and some stretching. And he kept being like, oh, oh. And then he would like bend down. And I thought there were so many opportunities for a fart sound. So many opportunities for some Foley art to happen. And I just thought it was a missed opportunity by Bravo. Now, I know some people don't like the blue humor. I never thought I liked blue humor, but apparently I'm wishing that they were putting fart sounds into the scenes. And then I thought, maybe I need to edit them in. Maybe I need to do that on Instagram or something. I think there were so many opportunities for a fart noise. Just Austin doing a plie, and then it's like, excuse me. <laughs> That's what we need. That's what it needed, you guys. Sometimes just, look. I know we're all sometimes above the potty humor, right? Like, I know it's not, it's blue humor, it's potty humor. We should all be above it. But every once in a while, it's nice to get some blue humor. Every once in a while, it's nice to hear a fart joke. It's good. It's like a good, solid, childish laugh that I think we all need sometimes. And I, for one thing, it, it was a missed opportunity not to put a fart sound into Austin's bar class. Could have liked it. Even when Catherine was doing a little play, it would have been nice to hear a <laughs> Please don't write me bad reviews about these fart sounds because <laughs> I know I'm being inappropriate. I know I'm being inappropriate, but I can't help it. I missed a fart sound. Anyway, then uh, Chelsea reveals that Ashley's going to be at the skeet shooting event. Austin's talking about how he's got his life together. And I want to applaud him. I'm glad he's getting his life together, but it's been like a couple days. So I'm not ready to applaud him just yet. Then we cut to Eliza in the car talking to Ashley. Eliza just got Botox. And I noticed Eliza's profile is very much Ashley Simpson. Did you notice this? The profile, now I know we've talked about Madison looking like Jessica Simpson, but Eliza very much reminded me of Ashley Simpson in this scene. And I don't know what it was, because I don't think she especially looks like Ashley, but something about this profile view reminded me of Ash. Speaking of the Simpson sisters, I want to give a shout out to Jessica. It's her birthday today, as of this recording. It... It's her birthday. She's 39 years old, and she's given us so much. And she's coming out with a book. It was revealed in February. I cannot wait. It says in the press release, it says she's going to be talking about newlyweds. Ah, oh, you guys, when I read that, I'm not kidding you. I started sweating. I was like getting so excited. I did. I started pacing in my apartment. I was just so excited, shaking and crying. Got in a fetal position and just thanked the good Lord, because I thought this is what we deserve. Actually, it's not what we deserve, but it's what we're getting. And for that, I'm excited and grateful. Hopeful that the world doesn't end by then, but I am so grateful that she's doing it. I'm a little upset that I was not asked to ghostwrite, although I'm sort of excited that I get to just read it with fresh eyes. But it's Jessica's birthday, so happy birthday, Jess. We love you. I've been wanting to do a Newlyweds recap for Patreon, so I might be doing one over there. No promises, but that's it's on my to-do list. Anyway, Ashley and Eliza are talking. Ashley's on the phone. Apparently, Ashley says that Thomas is still obsessed with her. They broke up, but they still spend time together. Thomas can't leave the state to play polo. Ashley cites that as a reason why they can't be together. Now, Ashley's a total monster, but I will say that Thomas is also a master manipulator, and I wonder what the split is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder how much Ashley's a monster and how much Thomas manipulated her into a monster. 
what's the split? Like, was Ashley like 60% a monster before Thomas, and then he pushed her to 90%? Or was Ashley always 90% a monster, and she just got together with Thomas, and they were just a match made in heaven? I don't know. I don't think Ashley's as bad as Thomas, although I do think that Ashley's a monster. And it was thrilling to have her back on TV. And I know we have to draw the line sometimes. It's like, who do we want to see on TV? Like, they're horrible people in real life, but do we want to watch them on reality TV? And I think the producers are playing this right. They're giving us one or two episodes of Ashley. Now, I thought she was just going to be in like a little tiny bit this episode, but she was in it a lot. We got that phone call. We got an Ashley confessional. So she was in it a lot more. A lot more than I thought. Then we cut to Cam, Shep, and Naomi at lunch. They're trying to convince Naomi to go on this group vacation. I hope she does. Look, in real life, I do understand Naomi's point. You shouldn't maybe go on a vacation with your ex, especially it's like a new ex. Her and Craig just broke up a year ago. And Craig seemingly still in love with her. So I do get that. In real life, I'd say, yeah, if my friend was like, I'm not going on this vacation because my ex is going, I'd say, good for you, girl. You're making the right decision. But this is a TV show we're doing here. We need you to go on that vacay, Naomi. Get on the bus or plane or whatever the fuck you're doing for this vacation. Get on board because we need you there. This is not an optional thing. This is not something that you could just say, nope, not interested. I know that you do have free will, even though you've signed up for this TV show, but I would just encourage you and tell you that we'll get rid of you. These casting people will get rid of you if you're not willing to play the game. There's a million other girls who will. So, Naomi, we need you on that trip. Get on that bus. Get on that bus. Remember that show? Uh, what was that extreme home makeover? Move that bus. <laughs> what a ridiculous show that was. And then wasn't it revealed that like they couldn't afford to pay their taxes afterwards when they would give people like a brand new house? <laughs> Imagine getting that like big ass new house and then you just can't pay the mortgage on it. <laughs> like what? What a troll ABC was doing with everyone there. Man, it was like Oprah did that too, and she was giving away the favorite things. You know, people couldn't pay taxes on all the favorite things, and then they had they got fucked. Oprah was just fucking all those people. Wow. Wow. Wow, Craig the Dog, wow. <laughs> Everyone's getting fucked on taxes. Don't forget to pay your taxes, though. Don't forget to pay them. Very important. I feel like a lot of these reality TV stars maybe don't remember, and I would just encourage everyone to pay your taxes every year. It's important. It's important. Anyway, then we cut to, oh, that was also the scene where Cameron wouldn't share her nachos. And those nachos looked amazing. Amazing. But I thought, what are we doing here, Cameron? What are we doing? Then we cut to Patricia's house. Whitney's there looking like that guy from American Beauty with the camcorder, that creepy man. Remember that? That's what Whitney is. And he was just lurking around and it's all black. I don't know. He was just making me uncomfortable, that Whitney. That Whitney. And then later on, the fucking amateurs. I can't with you, Whitney. Remember he was like fucking French press bro a couple weeks ago. Whitney 911, what is happening with you? He's, I don't know what's, I can't make a good read on him. What's going on with him? Anyway, there's tons of donuts at this buffet. Austin shows up, Craig shows up. Then they head over to the Limehouse Plantation. We meet Buck, Eliza's grandfather. I don't trust him. I don't know why. I just have a bad feeling about this Buck. Don't trust those Limehouse men. I get a bad feeling from this Buck, and they only showed him for one split second, but I thought, mm-mm, N-O, Buck. Nope, get off my screen. I don't trust you. I feel like there's some skeletons in that buck closet. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I don't have any proof of that. Maybe he's a wonderful old man. But when I saw that buck, I thought, "Uh uh-uh, something's uneasy. I get an intuition thing. You know, I call it women's intuition. I don't know. But I felt uneasy when buck came on screen. I think something's up there. 
Maybe we do need to learn more. And maybe we'll learn more and he'll be like the best man ever. But for now, I didn't trust him. And I have no reasoning for that. I just want to say that up front. I have no reasoning. Sometimes I just have a gut instinct. Then everyone arrives. Naomi arrives. And as Naomi's arriving, she says to Chelsea, I wonder what happened here 200 years ago. And then Chelsea says, Probs wasn't good shit. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I don't want to be reminded of this. I feel like on these reality shows, we do have to draw the line sometimes. And I don't want all the real life stuff to seep in too much because I know, I think like learning the history of this plantation would not be something good for any of us. I think it would be very dark, very disturbing. And is that something we should ignore? No, I'm not saying suggesting we ignore it. But when Naomi said that, I thought, hmm, this is making me feel uneasy again, like Buck did. Like Buck did. But we moved on quickly. Moved on quickly. I thought maybe they shouldn't show that though. I don't know. It was moments like this where it's like they make you feel like you should turn off the TV. That was a little moment where I was like, maybe I should turn off the TV. Should I be watching this? <laughs> it was like when Vicky had that cancer scare with Brooks. It's like, I don't know. I'm really entertained, but should I be watching it? Fine line. Bravo always rides that line. And this was one of those moments. Then when uh, Whitney and Cam greeted each other, Whitney again said, hey, baby doll. I'm going to say, you keep saying that baby doll, and it makes me uneasy. Then they shoot Whitney, you know, fucking amateurs. Fucking <laughs> amateurs. Whitney then ordered a green juice and whiskey. Hi, how you doing? Can I do a green juice and some whiskey, please? That's what he ordered from the caterer, and that's disgusting. It's disgusting, but he ordered it anyway. Ordered the green juice and whiskey. Talk about mixed messaging with your drink. Anyway, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll come back and we'll finish up the episode. I feel like this is a good breaking off point, so let's take a little break. We'll come right back. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect 
perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And then Cameron tells Craig to talk to Naomi, and right as she says it, Naomi pulls him aside. Craig and Naomi, they talk, and Craig says he wants Naomi to come on this trip, and then Naomi says, well, it would be a slap in the face to Matul. Again, I agree with her in real life, but I need her to come on this trip because it's a TV show. Then Craig, in a moment of pure honesty, says that he hasn't been able to fill the void since getting out of the relationship with Naomi, so he's been going out. And Naomi says, well, maybe you need to deal with you instead of just going out to try to cover it up. And Craig says he doesn't know how. And I wanted to give him a hug in this moment. He's seemingly trying. He just doesn't know how to try. And that made me feel so bad for my Craigie. I thought, oh, my Craigie, I want to give you a hug. He doesn't know what to do, so he's just going out and getting drunk all the time with Shep. And look, Austin's getting it together. Pretty soon, Shep might decide to get it together, and my Craigie's going to be stuck, so he needs to deal with these emotions. So hopefully, by next season, my Craigie will be better, and he'll be stable, and maybe he'll find a new woman, or man, or just some other path. Everyone has a journey. Maybe Craigie will find a new journey but at least he's being honest. We also saw a flashback of their one good time together on camera. (laughs) There was literally one good time we've seen of Naomi and Craig on camera. They flashed back to it. It was nice to see. They had a nice convo. He gave her a ring or something in that flashback. Present day, they wrap up their conversation. Naomi was a little passive-aggressive to him, but not as bad as she's been in the past. And then the convo ends. Then everyone sits down to eat. And Whitney's wearing sunglasses the entire time, despite there not being any sun around. There's no sun, but Whitney was wearing those sunglasses. The only one, one of the only ones, there was a couple people there wearing sunglasses, but almost no one. No one in the cast was wearing sunglasses except for Whitney. And I thought, take them off, Whit. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing, Whit? Take those glasses off. We need to see those eyes, those shifty, beady eyes. We need to see them. Because we can't figure out your Whit, Whit, Whit. He's hiding them. He's hiding those eyes because they're shifty and beady. That's what I believe. Then Ashley arrives, and everyone's like, you know, run, Ashley's here. Chelsea's like, get under the table. Like, everyone's scattering. At one point, Craig, he like, went to greet her for like a second, and then he pretended to talk to the caterers. He's like, pretend to talk to me. And then Ashley's just like, arriving, and I was so excited because Ashley was such a good villain last year, and she kind of arrived in what I think that Cruella DeVille would be wearing present day. Like, if Cruella DeVille was a real human being, and I don't know if what Ashley had on was faux or not. It was probably faux. She had those faux cuffs on her arms, but it just reminded me of like a cartoon villain in the best way. It was, I was so excited to see her. She was such a good villain last year. And then she was like so aggressive. She reminded me a lot of Camille where it was just like everything she was saying, she was so like defensive. She went in on Patricia when Whitney approached and she said to Whitney, Patricia, she's almost 80. She should know better. And then Whitney's like, well, you're a bit delusional. Whitney said, I think you're a bit delusional. And Ashley just said, same. <laughs> she was like aggressive, and then she backed down, and then she'd be aggressive again, and then she'd back down. 
It was like every conversation she had this whole episode. Like, well, you're a bitch. And then she backed down. She said to Whitney, she's like, it's a hot topic and I just don't want to get into it. Thanks, Whitney. It's like, you you couldn't even make heads or tails of what she was saying. It was like all moving so fast. I was like, my equilibrium was off. What are we doing here? And it was thrilling, though. It was thrilling. I didn't know what was coming next. Then Ashley gave Danny a hug that I can only describe as bone chilling. It was a bone chilling hug to Danny. Danny, of course, has come into her own as a main cast member on the show, one of Catherine's greatest friends. And of course, Ashley's Catherine's greatest arch nemesis. I was upset that Catherine wasn't around for this, but I did like all the dynamics we were getting. And Ashley gave Danny the most bone chilling hug I've seen since the Real Houses of New Jersey season two reunion where Danielle hugged Jacqueline. It was almost as good as that. Almost as good. But she hugged her. And look, she was going in. She said, there, oh, there was a stranger there that we haven't met before named Madison. Not the Madison that looks like Jessica Simpson. It was a different Madison. And they tell her right Oh, the stranger sticks up for Catherine. The stranger says, oh, you were just talking shit about us on social media last week. And Ashley just says, shut your mouth, that's the past. Very aggressive. Shut your mouth, that's the past. She was so aggressive. And then... I'll, then they're like, well, don't tell me to shut my mouth. And then Ashley's like, I didn't say shut your mouth. I said, keep your mouth shut. And it's like, first of all, what's the difference, Ashley? What the fuck? <laughs> There's no fucking difference. She said, I didn't say shut your mouth. I said, keep your mouth shut. Basically the same thing. Apples to apples. That's what we're comparing here. One's a Granny Smith and one's a Washington. They're both apples, Ashley. I'd just like to let you know what the English language is. But she says, I didn't say that. And this was... Indicative of every conversation she was having, it was like she was talking in circles, making everyone confused. At one point, she said she was going to write Catherine a letter. Ugh, I, la- I was on the edge of my seat. I was standing. I was cheering. It was like watching the Super Bowl. Better. Only better. And then Ashley went and said hi to Chelsea and Cam. And then Cameron says, why did you tweet that we were all losers? And then they showed the tweet. And she said someone was like an old patsy in the tweet. <laughs> I know that's like a, a Southern slang term or whatever, but I just thought that's so funny. Like, I've never seen that. There was just a tweet on screen that said, like, someone's an old patsy. And I thought, wow, <laughs> wow I am living. I felt like alive for the first time. Then Cameron says, why did you tweet that? And Ashley's just like, you know, I don't want to talk about that. And she blames everything on Patricia. Old, was Patricia the old patsy she was talking about? Or was old patsy like a metaphor euphemism? I'm not sure. But... Then we saw Ashley's confessional, and I was shocked to see that. I thought we were getting just a little taste of Ashley. I did not expect a confessional. Did not expect it. Chelsea looked like she was going to knock her out. I saw a side of Chelsea where it was a quiet but deadly side. And I thought, you're not going to want to fuck with Chelsea. I feel like Chelsea will literally fuck you up, Ashley. That's what Chelsea was giving me. Apparently, Ashley had called Naomi a bitch at a restaurant. She said, I called her a bitch because she was a bitch. That's what Ashley said. Then she apologized. There were so many hats going on, too. I just want to say a lot of hat work in this scene. Ashley had a hat with some scarves on it. Chelsea, of course, had her big-ass hat that the dog hates. There's a lot of hat work happening in this scene. But Ashley said, you know, she was a bitch. I called her a bitch. And then she says, I have so many grits. I'm sorry. I'm sad. And Austin chimed in. He's like, you're manipulative. You're crazy. And Ashley says, why are you talking? Then Ashley says that she called Naomi a bitch as a joke. And it's like, Everything Ashley was saying was complete batshit insanity. It literally reminded me so much of Camille in the finale of The Rouse of Beverly Hills, 
Although I do, do think Camille at her core is a better human being than Ashley. But it was just such bizarre behavior. And it was so great to see on this TV show because I think Southern Charm, a lot of people have been saying, has been a little snoozy. I think Ashley really spiced it up. I've been enjoying this season, for one, but it hasn't been as good as other seasons. But this is what it's missing is this crazy villain that we can all root against. And here comes Ashley giving it to us when we need it most. And it was crazy. It was crazy. And I want more of her. And I hate that I want more of Ashley. I hate it. I hate myself. I don't think it's appropriate to have her on screen. But I'm also calling for her to be more on screen. So what? We're all a yin and yang, right? We're all all doing our best. We're all doing our best. And that was the episode. It ends with a preview for next week where apparently Madison is coming on this group trip. I don't know if Naomi was on the group trip. I didn't see her in the preview. But Madison is coming. Whitney's coming too. Ooh, I wish Patricia was coming. Why aren't we getting Patricia on this group trip? I need her to come on the group trip. Where is she? Get her and Michael on a plane. Put him on that bus. Get him on that bus. <laughs> I, I'm coming on the group trip with an artichoke. I would love to see her there. We need more Patricia. It's been two weeks now with no Patricia. Where is she? SOS on Patricia. I need to know where she is. Anyway, it was a great episode. I thought it was one of the best this season. So exciting. And I think a lot of that was due to Ashley, even though she's a horrible human being from all that we've seen. Maybe in real life, she's different. Of course, she's a nurse. She's got some good sides to her. But from everything we've seen on the show, she's not a good human. And that's the episode. So that's that. I want to say before I let you go that the t-shirts are still for sale. If you go to everythingiconic.threadless.com, everythingiconic.threadless.com, you can get one of the t-shirts. There's limited edition. Wow. Uh, Craig, wow, Craig's Dog Bethany, wow, shirts. <laughs> They've been selling. You guys are buying them, and I'm so excited. There, I have one, too, and it makes me laugh every time I put it on. Uh, but there's other shirts there, too. Check those out. If you want to support this podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron, donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I just did a Q&A over there of just some random topics you guys were throwing out at me, and I'm hopeful to do a Newlyweds recap over there soon. In the works, TBD. But um, more importantly, the money just helps support this podcast. I'm doing one bonus episode a month, but I am so grateful to everyone who donates and pledges money over there because that's what goes to make this podcast and allows me to make this show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. And uh, I can't wait to see everyone at the shows. I'm hopeful to add more live shows soon. Uh, but in the meantime, we got New York and LA coming up and they are sold out, but hopefully closer to the dates. I'll let you guys know if any tickets open up, if people can't make it or something like that. So uh, without further ado, we should do a little cool down. I feel like I've been talking a mile a minute. I feel like we all need a little cool down. Pretend we're at that bar class. What if in the middle of my cool down, I just added a fart noise? (laughs) Anyway, not the point, you guys. That was immature and childish. Any of you who laughed at that fart joke? Wow, you have some looking in the mirror to do. Because that's immature. Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to be looking in the mirror as soon as we sign off. In the meantime, let's all take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out, take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. We'll be back with a recap of The Real Houses of New York reunion part one later this week. Let's take another deep breath in. Let's think of your favorite fast food, of your favorite fast food. Breathe out. Now, I know I talked a lot of shit about Chick-fil-A. Let's take a moment to think of your other favorite fast food restaurant. And maybe find some time this week. Go to McDonald's, go to Burger King. Eat some good fast food. Do it for me. I love you all. Bye-bye.
love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.